Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Lots of different storylines we're going to get into today. And we're going to have some fun with it. And just to kind of clarify with a lot of people and all of you who listen to this podcast, uh, a lot of times I will get my ideas for segments on this podcast just from my own novel creativity, uh, which can only go so far, (laughs) as you could probably imagine. Uh, I I never have really claimed to be the most creative person, especially when it comes to podcasts. A lot of times... I will just take whatever is given to me through social media or those of you who listen to the podcast and you either tweet at me or message me on Facebook or whatever it is and just either given your thoughts or wanting to know my thoughts, which is always kind of cool, you know, to have people be curious in what I have to say and my opinion on certain things. So that's that's always really awesome. And that's what makes this podcast fun. And that's why I'm going to discuss what I'm going to discuss in today's podcast because I have had so many discussions about this basketball team and Mike Anderson and the future of Razorback basketball for the past, geez, few weeks. And uh, it's something that I'm pretty passionate about because I grew up, I wouldn't say I grew up in the Nolan Richardson era, but I do remember when Arkansas won the national championship. That was kind of like my first exposure to Razorback basketball, and for as long as I could remember as a kid, at least growing up, Arkansas basketball was always a creme de la creme of basketball programs. So at least I had a little bit of experience in dating back to what Arkansas used to be. But it's hard to believe that we're sitting here 25 years removed from the national championship 20-some-odd years, 23, I guess, at this point, years removed from a sweet, the last Sweet 16 appearance. And it really is depressing to think about just how long Arkansas has not been relevant, at least on the national scale, in college basketball. And with the current state of things right now, where Arkansas is at 14-11, and 11, uh, people are not happy because they're not making the NCAA tournament. They're not going to make it next year, doesn't look like, unless something crazy changes. It's just not really all that exciting. And when the questions start being popped up as far as, well, Arkansas, if they decide to make a change, which I don't think is going to happen. I've said that many times on this podcast, that unless just the absolute worst of all time ends up happening, that Mike Anderson's going to be the head coach for the Razorback basketball team next season. So uh, I I don't believe that's going to be the case, but there have been people that have asked my thoughts and opinions on it and are saying, oh, okay, well, if we got this guy, if we got this guy, what would you think? What would you think about him? But what I've heard from several of you, and it may not be all of you that listen to the podcast, but just from several of you on social media, is the fact of you're almost, I wouldn't say scared, but you're concerned that if you did make a change with Mike Anderson, if you did fire him, you're concerned that you would not get an upgrade at the position. You're concerned you'd end up with another John Pelfrey. Because I won't even say Stan Heath, because let's be honest, folks, Stan Heath wasn't as bad of a coach as what people thought. I mean, he went to he built up and went to back-to-back NCAA tournaments and had really good recruits. So it wasn't as bad as what people thought. But still, 
that wasn't necessarily the expectation. Um, so you're worried about who you would be able to get. And in some cases, when you're worried about that, you want to really hammer the point home that you want to keep Mike Anderson because unless you know for sure of someone who's available or who you're going to get that's better, you don't want to do it. And I get that. But I'm telling you, folks, that mentality is not something you want to live with. That mentality is not what you want to be a fan with. Your mentality and how you view it as a fan collectively is what's going to drive the program into success. Every fan base has crazy extreme fans. They do. And if anybody tells you otherwise, they're stupid. But unfortunately, it's, it's always the loudest voices that end up getting the representation of what a fan base is all about. And so some people will look at Razorback fans for being unreasonable at times because of how much they demand which is really, honestly, not that much. But they want to use that narrative. And I don't believe in it. I don't believe in feeling like you should have a concern about making a change at a coaching at a coach's position because you're afraid of going downward. You're afraid of not getting a great coach. You're afraid of asking a bunch of great coaches and then continuing telling you no, 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 no until you end up with your fifth or sixth option. You're afraid of that because it does suck when that happens because it's happened in around, around other programs. And you're also, I think people maybe have been a little burned from the whole Dana Altman situation, which I get too. But to have that mentality is a loser's mentality. To have a, a thought process behind not wanting to make changes because of you're afraid that it'll get worse is a loser's mentality. You as a fan, you know what you want to expect out of your programs and out of your Razorback programs especially. You know what you want. And I think we all would love to have national championships and all three major sports, all sports even, just national championships coming out the wazoo. It's not realistic. But I do believe that remembering where you came from in the basketball program specifically is vital. It's important. Because I'm sure a lot of you remember Jim Valvano's speech that he had at the ESPYs back in the early 90s. One of the most memorable speeches of all time, not only sports-related, but he one of some of the things that he had that was very powerful, at least one of the phrases that really stood out to me, is about in life you always have to know where you've come from, where you are, and where you're going. And I think that you have to look at that as far as how your programs and your fandom go as well. And for Razorback basketball, you have to remember where you came from. You came from a great, sustained, big-time program where for 30-plus years you were considered at times even a top-five program, but for the majority of it at least a top-20, a top-20 program year in and year out. You were getting some of the biggest recruits. You were getting some of the uh, biggest games, the biggest matchups uh, put in your favor. You were being invited to the most prestigious tournaments, there were a lot of things that were going your way, and it was an exciting time, and you remember those moments. You remember where you came from. Now you have to know where you are, and where you are is far removed from that. Where you are is that you are better off than where you were under Pelfrey, but you still don't have faith. You don't have faith that right now, and what you're seeing right now, is a winning formula. 
is a winning recipe. That's all it's going to take is a couple pieces here and there, and then boom, it's going to blow up and explode. So you have your doubts about him. And then when you think about where you're going, that's where the fear comes into play. Because you don't know. There's nothing scarier in this life, folks, than looking at futures, and even in your future or the future of something, a business, a future of your family, whatever it is, looking into the futures of things you care about and not knowing what's in store, not even having an idea. It's a scary feeling to have. And that's what the Razorback basketball team has right now. They, they don't have any type of hope at this point. There's no big-time five-star player on the horizon. There's not a big-time recruiting class on the horizon. There's nobody currently on the team that's going to be at Arkansas next year or the year after that that you feel like is going to bring you from the ashes and get you back into an NCAA tournament or even further than that. There's none of that. And it's scary. But even though it is scary, you can't ever, and I mean you can't ever, have the loser's mentality of thinking that you're not going to get anybody better. That's never what it's going to be about. So if there's one thing I could ask all of you fans who are listening into this podcast right now, don't ever feel like you can't do better. Don't ever have a fear of going backwards. Because the second you have that fear of going backwards and you sustain that fear is when you get stuck. Is when you get stuck and you lose your fire, you lose your passion, you lose your drive, and you lose your expectation. All in all, you lose your fandom. Don't ever stop. Don't ever quit. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you should settle for this. Don't settle Always remember where you came from. Keep in mind and where you're at. And always make sure that you have a bright future ahead of you dealing with Razorback basketball. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You know, this is something that we've been having fun with and talking about the, uh, the big-time SEC basketball conference, just how amazing it is and how big-time it is and all that fun stuff. Well, I don't know if it's big-time, but at least it is top-heavy. And you have three teams in actual contention for a Final Four or a national championship in LSU, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Now, those teams are really good. They have a lot of talent and a lot of different type of talents. For instance, uh, Kentucky, I think, and LSU are a little bit of a younger team, where Tennessee's more of a veteran team. And it's just amazing to me how the SEC has developed into a conference that at least is putting forth capable, competent, and competitive basketball teams on the national level. Because forever it was just Kentucky – and we know the conference in general has upgraded. But even last year, you didn't really have any top big-time teams. But this year, I think that you you do. Now, after those top three teams, you have a few of them that are NCAA tournament type of teams, maybe. Maybe a Mississippi State. Uh, maybe an Ole Miss. Uh, you know, teams like that that at least have a puncher's chance. But, you know, you can't ever guarantee because there's still a lot of games left to be played. But you still have a few of those pieces in place. So 
I mean, it's a pretty solid conference overall, but it's nothing that it, it, it's just funny to me because I don't know what people think when they say that the SEC is upgraded because they started flooding money into it. I, I don't know if maybe that's just the same thing of saying that you've just gotten really good coaches in the league, but I think that that's probably what it is more than anything, folks, is that you've actually got competent coaches in the SEC. And I always think back and throw it to when college football was really rolling in the SEC. When there was an era, and you could, depending on where you, I guess you could probably take it from 2006 to 2012 or whatever it was, that span where uh, uh, the SEC just won a championship for every single year and they were just dominating and all of that. Well, if you think about the difference, just think about right smack in the middle of that era. You had coaches like Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Steve Spurrier, Bobby Petrino, Les Miles, James Franklin. A lot of people forget about him. Mark Richt wasn't bad either. You had, I guess, Gene Chizik, but it was more Cam Newton. So let's just try to be honest about that one. And that's just in Dan Mullen. I mean, that that was that's a heck of a lineup right there when it came to coaches. I mean, if you think about it, like the sixth best coach in that league was a coach that has played or at least is going to play for national championships at Florida and Dan Mullen. I mean, that's just, it, it was incredible to see. And then now the SEC has kind of taken a step back, at least in my opinion, from that era. It's still great, but from that era, they've taken a step back and a large amount of that is just because they don't have the high quality coaches. And a lot of the reason why they don't have the high quality coaches is because Nick Saban has forced everyone to fire them or run them off. <laughs> Uh, forced Urban Meyer to leave, uh, first forced LSU to fire Les Miles, uh, forced Mark Rick to fire Georgia, or Georgia to fire Mark Rick, and you know the list goes on and on. But the fact of the matter is, is that you still have a pretty good conference. And in basketball, what did you do? You went out and you got elite coaches. You don't have a bunch of Rick Rays running around. Okay, you actually have competent coaches. I mean, just think about the list you have. You have Rick Barnes, John Calipari, Bruce Pearl, Ben Howland. You have Tom Crean in Georgia. You got Frank Martin in South Carolina. You got Mike Anderson at Arkansas. You had a guy like Will Wade at LSU. He's a really good recruiter. Wink, wink. You have Kermit Davis going to Ole Miss. I mean, you got guys that have been able to elevate themselves. Avery Johnson, another one. I don't know how great they're going to be at Alabama with Avery Johnson, but he's a name. And that's what it takes to get the quality of college basketball in favor is just about coaches, coaches that can recruit, coaches that can bring some elements into this conference that they haven't seen before. And this is the result that you're seeing. So when it comes to college basketball, don't ever try to take a cop-out answer or anything like that where it's just like, oh, well, it's it, it's just because uh, of money. Or, ah, well, there's cheating going on. Well, no, it's just, well, actually, there probably is cheating, let's be honest. But um, what my point is is that it's all about the coaches that you get in place, making sure that the coaches are good enough to not only lead your program but to elevate your program, make your program great again. And that, my friends, is the factor of the matter when it comes to all of it. So the basketball is elevating it. And with these three teams having a national championship contending type season, I'll be curious to see how many of you are actually rooting for the SEC. I will not root for Kentucky.
at all, ever. Even if there was a fire, I would not root for him. I wouldn't mind Tennessee, Rick Barnes. I don't mind Rick Barnes. Will Wade and LSU, I don't know, man. There's just something about Will Wade. He has a very punchable face. Kind of looks like a guy that would rent you a car from Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And gives you that little smirk when you buy the insurance from him and the roadside assistance. Yeah, that's kind of more of a look for uh, Will Wade. But he's got a rolling at LSU, which is more than I could say for a lot of other teams in college basketball. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving into the final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You know, I like to have fun usually in this last segment, and it has to deal with my dog, Rowdy. Now, for those of you who don't know my dog, Rowdy, he's a Sheba, so he looks like a little fox. He's a great dog. I love Rowdy. And I've had him for about a year, a little over a year. And me and him have been having some conversations over the past uh, few weeks, and we felt like it was in his best interest to have him neutered. Well... Uh, he got neutered yesterday and he hates my guts. He will not look at me. Uh, he has a cone around his head. It's really pathetic. He cries a lot and he doesn't move around a lot. And the thing is, I get it. I mean, if I had that happen to me too, I'd probably not, I'd probably, I'd probably act a lot worse than what he would. I probably just would, you know, want to end my life. But, uh, you know, he's, He's just a funny dog. And for those of you who have dogs who listen to this podcast, and I'm sure that you have gone through this, you feel so helpless because I wish I could help him. I, I wish I could take that cone off of him and he can just run around and be all glitz and glory like he used to be, but I, I just can't. And so the real problem comes into play, though, is that I have a, he sleeps in a kennel, and he loves his kennel. You know, He's one of those dogs that he loves going in there and loves uh, sleeping in there and all that. But the problem is, is he can't go into his kennel because with his cone, it doesn't give him enough room to lay down. And he's curl up like he does. And so he can't use his kennel. So he has to use my carpet, which I'm not a fan of, but I understand. I got to make sure the kid gets taken care of. So it's really just sad and depressing, and I feel bad for him. And I'm sure for all of you that have dogs and know what I'm going through right now, uh, you know, just say a little prayer for Rowdy and uh, his, his quick recovery. Hopefully we can get him back on his feet, and uh, I don't know if he'll be as happy or as energetic, but hey, he's got food, he's got water, he should be a happy dog, right? Isn't that all they need? That's all it takes? Feel bad for him, needless to say. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after it on Spotify. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.